You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to another episode of Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. We are talking about the Big Ten tournament uh, today, and it's my pleasure to welcome back Rob Blackman to help break this down uh, with me. Uh, Rob, welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on again, Adam. Thank you. Well, Purdue certainly has been on a roller coaster since the last time we've talked. We'll get into that in just a minute. Uh, but I want to start this uh, podcast off on a, a positive note, a happy note. This past Saturday uh, was Senior Day up at Purdue, but uh, maybe what even clips Senior Day was a really, really cool moment up at Mackey uh, when the governor was in town to present the Sagamore of the Wabash Award to Larry Clisby. Talk about that moment as a friend and colleague of Larry, to, of Clis, to to get to see that moment, what that was like. Yeah, that's uh, thank you for asking about that, Adam. That was uh, quite a quite a scene, uh, and that's certainly an emotional day from a, from a Clis's standpoint, uh, let alone the seniors. Uh, but yeah, so I got word of that Friday afternoon that that was going to happen, and I was like, "Wow, are you kidding me?" <laughs> because the Sagamore, the Wabash, is is the highest honor the governor can bestow, right, on an Indiana citizen. So you don't, you can't get any higher than that when it comes to an individual accolade. Um, and then I found out actually Saturday morning that this was not a Purdue basketball thing. This was a Mitch Daniels thing. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, President Mick, uh, Mitch Daniels, the president of the university, had had reached out to the governor, Governor Holcomb, and said, hey, we, we need to get this done. And, and they did. So, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that I, I, again, you can't have any higher praise than that particular award. Uh, but to see Cliz go out there and accept it and, and get a standing ovation from the crowd, and it's, of course, a sellout crowd. And, look, we don't know, Adam, if, if Cliz will be uh, calling games with us next year. We're going gonna, gonna to leave that up to him and let him see how his offseason goes this summer. But, um, if indeed that that was the last game he ever calls in Mackey Arena, what a way to go out! Yeah. <laughs> so with the governor recognizing you at, at midcourt at halftime. So yes, that was uh, that's one of those things uh, you'll never forget. Yeah, definitely uh, deserving. It was really cool to see. It was Senior Day. Unfortunately, the game didn't go as we would like, mm-hmm. especially a Senior Day last game at home, and especially that that aura of Mackey Arena. Unfortunately, kind of struggled there this year, um, but still Senior Day, and it was kind of a weird Senior Day because. You didn't have a four-year scholarship senior this year. And yeah. Luce had been there for four years, but he wasn't on scholarship all four years. Incredible story in its own of him as a, a former walk-on. And and then you had the two-year uh, grad transfer in Evan Boudreaux and then the one-year grad transfer in Jihad Proctor. Kind of a weird senior day, would you think? Yeah, it was. And uh, you're right. The, um while we technically had three seniors, you know, no four-year seniors as far as scholarship guys, as you alluded to. Um, now, Carson Edwards would have been part of that day. Right. We <laughs> but, wish he was. <laughs> uh, he made, yeah, for, for him individually, he certainly made the smart move and, and went into the NBA draft last year. And obviously, he's having a great year professionally right now. But, um, yeah, that was in, I think, maybe you and I talked about this last time, Adam. If not, I'll reiterate, Matt Painter has always said, these Purdue teams are at their best when they're old, when this team gets old and stays old. Mm-hmm. And this team is not old this year. Uh, yes, we have three seniors. Only one guy was with us all four years, and he was only on scholarship the last two years. He rarely plays. The other two guys, as you said, Boudreaux was only here two years. Jihad was only here this one season. Mm-hmm. So this is not an old team, yeah. right? You didn't have a group of four or five guys that have been here since they were freshmen 
and it showed a lot in Purdue's inconsistency. Yeah. And it, it was it was a weird senior day. I think that's the mm-hmm. best way to put it, just because yeah. of the uniqueness of the three guys that were being honored. And um, of course, the most veteran of them all, Larry Clisby, got honored too. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's a forty-two year yeah. senior. Uh, but yeah, we uh, it was it was very different, obviously. And and even if you just look back to oh, let's say two years ago. Uh, with the four seniors we honored with, mm-hmm. with Dakota and PJ and uh, and uh, and Isaac and Vince, um, and now that's you know that's four guys that were here the whole time. So yeah, yeah a lot, lot different than it was two years ago. Yeah, for sure. Future is bright though. Got some young recruits, some young guys, some young talent, uh, and even the exciting uh, commit of Caleb First uh, uh, last week. I know you were with uh, Coach Painter when he got that. And I know he can't talk about recruits yet because he's not officially signed, but. It had to be a pretty exciting moment to get somebody of that caliber to commit to the commit to Purdue. Uh, and unfortunately, because I work on the Purdue payroll, you I can't, can't talk about okay. recruiting either. <laughs> All I can say is this: it's always exciting news when a really good high school player says he's going to come and play for your team. Let's just leave we'll, it. At we'll that. leave it at that. Very generic. <laughs> we'll protect everybody from getting in trouble there. Exactly. But yes, the future is bright. But we are where we are now. Like uh, I said at the beginning, it's been a roller coaster since the last time we talked. Last time we talked, we were coming off that great road win against Northwestern in the midst of what became a three-game winning streak, and it kind of looked at that moment like Purdue was peaking, or not, I don't even know if peaking is the right word, but clicking, and it looked like they had got it together, and it was kind of almost like last year when they hit that that moment where they just kind of pulled it together and seemed to to be on all cylinders, and then, as you've seen, it's gone up and down, up and down, thought we might be putting a little winning streak again, uh, here again, together at the end of the season before, unfortunately, losing to Rutgers at home. Puts them in a tough spot, yeah. definitely on the bubble, maybe on the outside looking in at this moment. So let's talk about the Big Ten tournament. How important is this tournament for Purdue, and what do you think they have to do to qualify for the NCAA tournament? Well, I don't think you could do any any uh, anything less than get to the championship mm-hmm. game. I think if you want to realistically find yourself in the NCAA tournament, and a lot of that has to do with, as you all well know, Adam, what are the other bubble teams going to do this week, right? Uh if you're a Purdue fan, you're rooting for all these other bubble teams that have bad weeks right. and you have a good week. Right. Um, but uh, I guess the one good thing is uh, you do really control your own destiny yep. uh, because of the quality of competition you're going to play. Uh, you'll play Ohio State, who's ranked 18th in the country. They're a top 20 net team. Uh, if you were to win that game, you're playing Michigan State, who's ranked 9th in the country. Mm-hmm. They are top 20 in the net. So you would have two two more uh, top 20 net victories mm-hmm. under your belt if you got both of those, uh, which is certainly not a given. No way is that a given, sure. considering uh, the way Ohio State beat Purdue earlier this All season right. in Columbus. Um, then who are you playing? Well, you're probably playing Maryland, right? Who's mm-hmm. a top 25 team in the country. Uh, uh, so you would have really rack, racked up and banked a bunch of top 25 wins, not only AP poll, but in the net as well. Um but man, I got to you, anything less than that. I just even if you win only one game, uh, even if you, all you do is beat Ohio State, I don't see how you could feel comfortable with yeah. being an NCAA tournament team. Yeah, if you beat Rutgers, maybe beating Ohio State's enough. Yeah, that's right. Had, yeah, that's a great point. Had Purdue beaten Rutgers, you know, and man, you look back at that game and you're one free throw away from winning it. <laughs> if you win that game, then you beat Ohio State. Uh, of course, you wouldn't have been playing Ohio State, uh, so that changes the <laughs> sure, whole scenario. But you would have said, okay, if we just win one Big Ten tournament game, we're probably in good shape. Uh, that's not the case anymore, yep. so it becomes a, a bit of a challenge. That's for certain. Free throws. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to be critical of anything but or controversial, but 
free throws. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, it is what it is. So we are playing Ohio State. Like you said, I, I agree with you. Those would definitely help our quad one wins and top 20 net wins, like you said. I feel like they got to at least to get to Sunday. But like you said, you control your own destiny. Just if you win it, you're in. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I look, if if you want to uh, be extra optimistic, uh, <laughs> I would just look back to the the run UConn had a few years oh, ago, yeah, yeah. right? Where they played they played 11 elimination games and won every single one of them. Think about that. Right. They went into their tournament, had to play on a Wednesday, uh, and never lost again, right. and they were the national champion. Right. So now they had Kimba Walker, mm-hmm. which uh, Purdue doesn't have a Kimba Walker yeah. <laughs> currently, but that was still a heck of a run. 11, 11 single elimination games where you had to win every single time, and they did. Yeah. So it's not beyond precedent. It sure. has happened before, but, yeah, it will be difficult. Yeah, you can even look at our own conference a few years, a couple years ago in Michigan. Absolutely. You know, they're flying out to New York, or I yep. think it was New York. And yes, uh, uh, Washington, D.C. Yeah. Washington, D.C. Yep. The plane crashed, and... Then they go and play in the practice jerseys for yeah. a game or two, and, the, and they win the whole thing. And so beat us in the in the process. Right. Yeah. So you never know. Um, but you know, we only played Ohio State once this year, and that unfortunately was not a good game for us. We have beat Michigan State. We only played Maryland once, I believe, on the road yeah, as well. Correct, so correct. a couple of chances to maybe if we advance that far to to redeem ourselves in a couple of games. And you know, we've always I feel like play Michigan State well for some reason or another, and I you know. Say what you want about Nogel. He is a terrific, terrific defender, and that showed by him being on the all-defensive team in the Big Ten. He can contain or even stop Cassius Winston if we get to that game. So, I mean, and, and you know, with the bigs, are able to contain Tillman there. So there's definitely some some hope there, at least, and, and Purdue has shown throughout the season they can compete with anybody when they're, uh, you know, hitting on all cylinders. And, of course, so you might agree, you got to shoot well. Yeah, and uh, look, I mean, just just go back to Purdue's first opponent, Ohio State. Um, Purdue did not shoot well in that game mm-hmm. in Columbus. Uh, Ohio State did. Uh, it was a 16-point loss for Purdue, and if you go back and look at the numbers, um, both teams shot 23s in that game. Purdue made four. Ohio State made nine. So there's your, you know, there's yeah. your 16 points right there. 15 and just three-point shooting. Yeah. Um, Purdue did. Uh, did not shoot well in that game. Ohio State shot right at, I think, 49% for the game, both from the floor and from the three-point line. And Purdue turned it over 16 times in that game. I do remember that specifically. Purdue was down nine at the half and never really challenged yeah. in the second half. Um, so my point being exactly what you said, Purdue will have to shoot the ball well. Mm-hmm. Purdue cannot shoot four of 20 against Ohio State yeah. on Thursday the way they did in Columbus back on February 15th, or uh, it, it'll be a one-and-done. Right, definitely. Well, and, uh, you know, looking at this field outside of Purdue, who do you like in this tournament? Uh, boy, that is a wonderful question <laughs> because there are a lot of teams to like. Um, I think you always probably start with the teams that get the double bye mm-hmm. because it gets obviously just a little bit easier for them having yeah. to uh, not having to play until Friday. Um, but I do really like Wisconsin. I know that's easy to say. They were the Big mm-hmm. Ten champions. They're the number one overall seed. Um, they're not flashy, but, man, they <laughs> just kind of find a way to win, right? They didn't have yeah. a single player on yeah. first or second team all yeah. Big Ten, uh, yet they're the Big Ten champions. Yeah. Uh, they just seem to have figured it out. Um, they have been shooting the ball much better from the perimeter in the last <laughs> ten games or so. Uh, Revan Pritzel has really come on as a shooter for them. Uh, I, I just like their, their makeup of their team. Obviously, Nate Reavers helps. Micah Potter is, is mm-hmm. big for them. He's been in the starting lineup the last handful of games after playing off the bench most of the season. Um, 
but I do I do think Wisconsin. If if you're saying you don't get to pick Purdue, I, I would probably mm-hmm. go with the Badgers. I just really like the way they're playing here at the end of the season. Yeah. My dad would like that. My dad's team is the Wisconsin Badgers, yeah, so he yeah, would like. They, what, let's talk about Wisconsin because what an interesting. I don't know if a, a turnaround's the right word, but they started off the season ho hum, you know, mm-hmm. mediocre, and then after we drum them at Purdue, one of their starters quits the team, leaves yeah. the team. So you think, man, this team's just right. going to sp- spiral down. And in fact, quite the opposite. They turn around and go and win the conference, qu- to me, quietly. When I keep looking at the standings and looked at the standings Sunday, I'm like, Wisconsin won the conference? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, think about it. They started 5-5. Five and five. Uh, Of course, they had the tragic accident with yeah. their assistant coach, mm-hmm. Howard Moore, and, and, and the death of two members of his family um, to start the season. That's mm-hmm. how their offseason begins. Yeah. Um, so they're trying to battle that without one of their assistant coaches on board. Uh, then Kobe King is the guy you're talking yeah. about. He played the Purdue game and then quit the very yeah. next day yeah. after Purdue had uh, beaten them uh, at Mackey Arena. He's their second leading scorer. Uh, but that maybe ends up being addition by subtraction. Now, that's Possibly, easy yeah. to yeah. say here <laughs> after, after the fact. Sure. They seem to become a much better team yeah. once uh, he left the lineup. Uh, but Trice, you know, Demetric Trice has played well for them. They've just yeah. had one thing I've seen with them, Adam, uh, since we saw them in Madison, they don't seem to have any weak links, right? Yeah. Everyone that comes into the game for them does something well. Yeah. They're not great players. Again, they're not first or second team all-conference players, but they don't have a, a bad link in the whole group, sure. right? Whoever comes in the game is going to do something to help them win, and and they're really well coached, man, and they, and they keep the possessions to a minimum. That's the style of game that they play. So if you get behind Wisconsin, it's very tough to come back on them yeah. Uh, because you're not going to get a lot of possessions. You won't have a lot of chances with a ball. Um, what real, what, and what's a real pressure when you think about it? Uh, Stefanovic had two great looks at the oh, end of that just, game yeah. uh, that would have won the game yep. for Purdue. Uh, so Purdue could have swept. Well, it was that close, that yeah. close to sweeping <laughs> the Big Ten champions, yeah. but uh, but it didn't happen. So, But we, uh, look, it's a wide-open field. I don't yep. think anyone would argue that. But again, if I'm putting my money on somebody, I'd probably go with the Badgers. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, a team I hope Purdue could eventually beat is the Spartans. I still feel they're probably, the, in my opinion, the strongest team in the conference between Winston and Tillman and, then, of course, Coach Izzo. Uh, I'd still you know, put my money on them. But I hope Purdue plays them, and I hope Purdue beats them, and I think they can. Like I talked about earlier, just the matchup. I feel Purdue matches up against them uh, very well. Another team I think is a sleeper team, and some people call me biased because I grew up a big Michigan fan, but I think Michigan's so talented when they're healthy. They've mm-hmm. battled a lot of health sure. issues this year with Livers missing a lot of games, some other guys playing hurt. Uh, Wagner missed the beginning of the season. Uh, so they're a sneaky team at that nine seed, but again, as we've talked about before, winning four games in four days is no simple task either. So I could see them being a sleeper team, but yeah, Michigan State and then, you know, as we, you and I both sit in this room. We hope you know Purdue can do that four games in a in four days. Uh, one of my buddies sitting right outside these doors, uh, Jesse Wells, one of our reporters, is a big Iowa fan. I think he went there as well. He told me uh, when I saw him yesterday. He said, first thing I looked at the bracket was made sure Purdue was on the opposite side of the bracket because he did not want to play <laughs> yeah, us. Play right. us again. Isn't that crazy? The success <laughs> Purdue had against Iowa this year. Um, one of the few teams that had a lot of success against Iowa. Obviously, they've got Luca Garza, who just named the Big Ten Player of the Year. Uh, Wieskamp was just named third team All Big Ten. So they do have some pieces. Um, you know, they're a team that uh, when they are shooting it well, man, they're hard to play yeah. because they, of course, they led this conference in scoring this year. 
Uh, defensively, they 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 sometimes have their moments yeah. where uh, where they're not very good on the defensive end. But my goodness, they're, they're they can make up for it with their offensive potency, and and that's what's happened with them this year, man. If they get it cooking on offense, forget about it because you're not going to be able to outscore them. Right. No kidding. And you called it last time we talked. You said Garza would be the big ten player of the year, and sure enough, he was. He certainly played like it. That's for sure. Uh, anything else you want to say to break down this tournament as we kind of wrap up here? Um, I would just say this from just strictly looking at it from a Purdue standpoint. Um, you probably, unfortunately, I know Purdue fans don't want to hear this. You probably have drawn the toughest possible mm-hmm. bracket uh, to get all the way to the championship again because Ohio State just had their way with Purdue in that one meeting earlier yeah. this year. Look, I know it was back on February fifteenth, and things can change. But Ohio State uh, looked really good in that game, and yeah. Purdue, quite frankly, did not. So maybe there's a redemption factor there. You certainly hope so. You certainly hope Purdue will play better, without question. Yeah. Uh, but then you would have to face Michigan State, who you know would be chomping at the bit to get a rematch with <laughs> <Sure>. Purdue, uh, <laughs> the way the Boilermakers buried them at Mackey Arena yeah. in their, uh, the only time they played this season. Uh, and then, again, you're, I mean, you're getting really optimistic here, but you win both of those games. You're looking at a Maryland team that also pretty much had their way with Purdue in the one meeting they had this year. Um, I know Purdue made a run at the end, got within five, I think it was, late in that game, couldn't get any closer. Uh, But really, that was a game that Maryland had their way with Purdue for the first 35 minutes or so. So you you start looking at, well, here's our path to the championship game. I don't know that it could have been any more difficult. Uh, Maybe if you'd put the L.A. Lakers in there as game (laughs) one, maybe. Um, Certainly, Purdue can... Can do it. Yeah. I think every team in the Big Ten, probably outside Nebraska, is saying, hey, we can make a run at this thing just because the way everyone has beaten one another. Think about this. Your three Big Ten champions this year, your tri-champs, um, they, didn't, they didn't run roughshod over the league. right? Yeah. They didn't go 18-2. and two. They didn't right. go 19-1. and one. Um, And it came down to the final week of the regular right. season where we had four teams vying for a chance to win the league. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it really is a wide open field this year, but again, being as as uh, as objective as possible, uh, I think Purdue is probably could not have drawn a more difficult path than they've drawn. So we'll right. see. Right, yeah. and interesting too, potentially if they keep advancing, they're going to face three teams they've only played once this year too. Yeah, nobody they sure. faced twice this year. So. Exactly, and that is, and I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, certainly, if you play a team twice, you have a little bit better scouting report mm-hmm. on them. You would think. Um, but again, you know, it always, as coach Katie used to like to say, Adam, it's not who you play when you play them, you know, Ohio state's played the last four games without Kyle young, who was, who was the factor in that Purdue game. He had 16.7 rebounds. He he was the guy Purdue could not guard. Uh, will Kyle young play Thursday? We don't know. They keep saying he's going to play in the postseason. Well, what does that mean? Does postseason mean big 10 tournament or NCAA (laughs) tournament? He's had that high ankle sprain and he's missed the last four games. So um, and then when you play, you know, if you're fortunate enough to play Michigan State, uh, look, Rocket Watts was not playing at a high level when Purdue played mm-hmm. him the first time. He is playing at yeah. a high level now. So they're a different look. Sure. My point being, these could be very different looking teams yeah. than Purdue saw in that one and only meeting they had with them earlier in the year. Um, so you never know the right. beauty of tournament play, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe uh, maybe Cassius Winston and Xavier uh, Xavier Tillman get the stomach flu right before the game, right? I don't know. You never know. You, you never know. Right. So I guess that's why you play the game. Right, exactly. And then real quickly, you know, Ohio State's in, kind of in that similar situation to Wisconsin. They lose one of their starters, one of their better players, DJ Carton, when he steps away for, you know, for the right reasons. And and, and um, you think maybe Ohio State's going to slide. 
and they kind of get themselves back together. And Well, yeah, think they, about they, I mean, of course, they lost Sunday at Michigan State, but they've been on a four-game winning streak, yeah. uh, and they've won six of their last eight when you include the Michigan State loss. So, yes, uh, yeah. even without D.J. Carton, who, again, he was their second-leading yeah. scorer mm-hmm. on their team. Um, they don't have him, and they're playing well, uh, yeah. well at the end of the season. Yeah. So, yeah, good point. Awesome. Well, Rob, thank you so much for your time. If people who can't make it out to the game or can't watch it on TV – uh, they can start listening to you and Cliz on the radio uh, starting what time on Thursday? So we'll go on the air at 5.30 for the okay. 6.30 tip-off. Uh, we do have uh, the first game of the night session Thursday night. So, yeah, 5.30 for the broadcast, 6.30 for the tip, and uh, we'll be off and running in the Big Ten tournament. Believe it or not, it's tournament time, so here we go. Let's go. Let's go, Boilers. Yeah. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod, and you can always listen to, like, Comment, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and tune in. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.